Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 21st edition of the Sports Runout Podcast. In this podcast, we'll be talking about week one of the NFL season and week two of the college football season, or NCAA season. Starting out with week one of the NFL season, one of the big points everybody's talking about is Antonio Brown. As he's been traded, he was first released from the Oakland Raiders after a very short extent with them, not even playing a game with them is now signed with the, with the New England Patriots. He has signed a one-year, $15 million deal with $9 million of the 15 guaranteed. This really brought kind of some shock into the world of the NFL, just for many reasons. One of them is because AB, they say, went to the Raiders and got off the sewers to go to the Raiders because he wanted to be the number one guy. And now most people have thought his mind shift must have, must have flipped at this point. Just because of the fact of how he is now on the Patriots, he had to have known going in that he's not going to be the number one receiver on the Patriots as they have Edelman and they have many other targets like Dorsett. But now a lot of people are saying his mentality has turned from I want to be the number one receiver to I want to ring. And I kind of wonder, like I feel like many people do, because there are many other teams that he could have gone to, again, that he could have been the number one receiver for. But now we figure out from latest news that the Patriots have been wanting A.B. for a while. They had tried to trade for him seven years ago. The Steelers denied that trade to be able to get send A.B. to New England. As for week one, the Steelers and Patriots did end up playing, but the Steelers did get, get very much dominated. Tom Brady already looked like he was in postseason form, and the defensive backs of the Steelers, it seemed, just could not hold the line whenever it came to this game. Just because it, it felt like every pass, Brady just had open receivers running wild for the Patriots as they win this game 33-3. Kyler Murray, the number one pick in the, in the NFL draft this year, he had become his NFL debut for the Arizona Cardinals. They would get the win, and he looked good in it. He didn't, like, he didn't look great. He didn't look awful. They did have to go to overtime to be able to get the win. I still think it was very a strong performance, and it definitely gives the Cardinals hope of what he can turn into for them. As in the fourth and overtime, he had a lead game winning, game tying, game winning drives. I think that his week one was definitely a very good week one for him, and I think it really gave the Cardinals a lot of hope. Now, looking at another team who has a, a young quarterback at the helm is the Cleveland Browns. They have Baker Mayfield. But they, they were in a very tight game with the Titans, and then in the fourth quarter, it just broke loose. As they were outscored 21 nothing in the fourth quarter by the Titans to lose this game by about 30 points, which is crazy when you think about it, about all the hype that has been around the Browns in this postseason. Getting OBJ now to go with Jarvis Landry, the point of talent that they have, and Nick Chubb running the ball with, with a Baker Mayfield quarterback. It's crazy the amount of talent that, that this team has, but it's also crazy to think about the fact that they just got beat by a Titans team with Marcus Mariota, who, I mean, he was good last year, but the Titans weren't expected to be anything. This was expected to be a pretty good win for the Browns, but I feel like that this didn't really do it for the Browns as they took a they took an awful loss at that, which, I mean, it was like probably really demoralizing loss for them. Baker Mayfield has come out and said that he really... They're going to keep up the mentality of the underdog mentality which they had going into this season. you got to think that he wishes he had that game back. I feel like the kind of mentality that Baker's having going forward with this because I feel like he realizes they're like, there isn't a lot that we can do here. Like, I mean, we can 
we can mope around about or we can just go out and win football games. And that's I feel like that's the kind of thing that the Browns need to do because this it's not like this Browns team. This Browns team will face adversity going through the year. All teams do. But I feel like if the Browns can bounce back, they can get to like a 500 or over team. This one, this loss definitely did not help their confidence. Getting a win in week one, coming in with all the hype and all the people somehow getting on the Browns bandwagon after after them getting OBJ, I think it would have really given Cleveland a lot of excitement if they were if they were able to get the win. But unfortunately, they were not in week one. One of the teams that's in their division, the Baltimore Ravens, they did. They had a week one to remember. And somewhat, some people would say embarrassed the Dolphins go in, in week one, 59 to 10, which is crazy. It's the most points scored, 42, which is what they had at halftime, was the most points scored ever at a half by the Raven, in Ravens history. And 59 is the most scored ever by the Ravens in a single NFL game in the history of the Baltimore Ravens. And this game came down to bad enough for some of the Miami Dolphins to want to want a trade away just because of how bad this game went for them. Lamar Jackson had an absolutely incredible game for them as he threw five touchdown passes. I mean, it was just kind of everything was going right for the Ravens here. I mean, but like they gave up, they gave up a touchdown to field goal. At some points, it felt like it wasn't fair because of just how much they were scoring and how easy they were scoring. Now looking at the Chargers and Colts. Chargers beat the Colts in overtime, even though minus Melvin Ingr- Melvin Gordon, excuse me, as he is looking like he will not be back till week six or seven for them. Whenever he's when they were thinking that could be the time frame of when he could get a new contract. So that's looking like if you're wondering, that's probably if you're a Chargers saying when you would most likely see Melvin Gordon again would probably be week six or seven. This was a tight game, and I mean they ran it with Austin Elker to win the game, and in like a walk-off fashion, they were they they got a running touchdown in overtime, scored a touchdown in one thirty to twenty-four. They probably would have wanted more because this Colts team, as we know, if you listen to my last podcast, Andrew Luck and his retirement from football, as Jacoby Brissett will come up and take over the helm for the Indianapolis Colts. So I feel like you knew that the Colts were going to come out shaking, and I also think. Like, I think this is kind of going to be a harder loss and not for the Colts, just because I feel like you lose somebody like Andrew Luck, who they've had for so many years. Percet could have come out and showed and got a win and showed the Colts, like, organization just in total, hey, I can come out and get wins for you. I feel like that could really have helped them out, I mean, which is why I feel like this is kind of a tough loss. And it's also, like, a big, it's a big win for the Chargers to show guys that, like, we can win games without having Melvin Gordon, even without our star which we're going to have to do for like six or seven games most likely before he signs a contract. There's, It's not like, a, oh, without Evan Gordon, we're going to just lose all the games. No, we, we, we're still a team without him. But I feel like it's just gonna, it just came down to the Chargers. They got that big win in the Colts. It could, this could be a show of their season if they let a couple slip away from them. Now moving on, we talked about the Cowboys. The Cowboys have come shaky into this year, but I mean, they have, they did look very good. And Dak Prescott especially. Some people in their mind think he's the, one of the worst starting quarterbacks, like out of the 32, just because of, he didn't really have a very good season last year. But I mean, they do come out. They played a Giants team that isn't very good with Eli Manning. I mean, they won 35-17. It's a big one for the Cowboys over a team that had, where they, the Giants weren't expected to do a lot this year anyway. Some people just expect for this to be like Eli's last year before Daniel Jones comes in and takes the helm, the backup. But that's that's just some people's opinions. And then it also did, of course, help the Cowboys in this one that they had Ezekiel Elliott back 
as he kind of signed a contract mere days ago to be able to be able to be able to be eligible to play week one and he scored two touchdowns for them making them this that really helped them out and, and could definitely have been a difference in this game having Ezekiel Elliott and being able to establish the run in this game. Now moving over to the NCAA in, in week two. The premier game in week two was LSU number six LSU at number nine Texas. This was a close game for most. It looked like it definitely looked like from the beginning, probably second through the first quarter is kind of going back and forth, but definitely the the second through fourth quarter, it definitely looked like the LSU team was the better team. Well, I mean Texas had held strong, which I mean it was still a close game. It ended forty five thirty eight. LSU got the win in Austin, which is a big win for them and probably a big confidence and resume booster. We had to get that big of a non conference win. I mean, it just it takes some people are saying it takes some just to schedule a team like that. As there are some teams that for their two non-conference teams, they schedule like cup and what some people call cupcake teams, which are like kind of free wins where you like pay them to come and play you, but like because you know you'll beat them by like seventy, like FCS teams. But I mean, so it it does take some for both of these teams to schedule a top ten opponent because some of them it's like a rivalry, like Iowa Iowa State stuff like that. Like that's like at a conference, but this these it's not like LSU and Texas don't exactly have beef, like as what's some, or like a rivalry as some people would call it. But I feel like it, it definitely it definitely gives kudos to both of these teams for scheduling a top ten non conference team week two, like they only in only just the second week of the season. One of the other big games was number twelve Texas A and M at Clemson. Clemson just came out; their defense kind of shut A and M down this game. Trevor Lawrence looked incredible as he usually did because I mean he just looks like he looks like he has a college arm he looks like he has a professional arm he looked like did last year some people wonder why don't you come out whenever you were a freshman because when will your stock ever be higher coming off winning the national championship as a true freshman looking at having one of the best arms in the entire NFL some people ask why wouldn't you just come out then it's looking like he's probably going to take at least one more year at Clemson before he makes a for sure decision. Does he want to come out or does he want to stay in? In my personal opinion, if you're wondering, I probably do think he will come out after this second year. I think three years might be pushing it. It might just kind of just be the Clemson team being hopeful that he'll stay three years. But I don't know if there's like a real. It's really true that he's gonna he's gonna stay for that long. Like I think that there's a chance, but it's like a really outside chance at this point, especially if they can go win the national championship in back to back years. Now looking at the game that, and some people call like a wait a three a waste of four hours, which was the Michigan and Army game. This game just did not make Michigan look very good overall. Like I mean, they looked kind. They, I mean, they they didn't look awful, but I mean, well, their offense, their defense didn't look awful. But their offense, four turnovers, a couple picks, like Shia Patterson, the quarterback for Michigan, the Wolverines, he didn't look like he was on his game literally at all. I mean, he looked like he was on to a point, but I mean, he was he looked very, very off for being like the number seven team in the entire nation. As like in week one, kind of what you described as is kind of the Florida-Miami game. Like it's a top-ranked team playing an unranked. But I mean, and this could even people could say this could even be more than that because Army is not even a Power Five school. At least Florida took struggles to an FBS school that's Power Five. Miami plays in the ACC. Army plays in the Independence and runs a triple option offense, which was getting yards. Like I mean, you got like it was it was fourteen fourteen at halftime. Like this, it was a very much a defensive game, and it and 
all 14 of Army's first half points. Playing that were scored off a fumble and a pick. That's really interesting to think about. Michigan, really, a lot of people are like, oh, this game should have been a blowout of Michigan. Like, didn't like throw the ball around and play a very, very sloppy game at home. The game was 21-21 with five seconds left in regulation. And the Army kicker brought in their guy in front of 100,000. There was a fresh kid. They had a freshman kicker. It was his first kick. And he pushed it wide right. That would have won the game. That would have pulled off probably one of the biggest upsets in history. Army pulling off number seven in front of, I think it was like 102,000 people were in attendance that day at the big house in Ann Arbor. So it's like Army had a chance and I feel like everybody knew. Whenever these like teams that aren't ranked get a chance, like they get a chance to make a game winning field goal or they like it's tied and they have a drive to win the game. If they usually can't convert and this game gets like extended out to overtime, usually they're going to get outweighed by the better team, which is why most people, whenever the guy pushed that 50, which I mean, it's, it was a 55 yarder that he kicked. So that's no, absolutely no gimme. But it's also the fact that a lot of people had, were feeling at that point that this game was probably over at that point. Like it was, Army had their giant chance to pull off the Cinderella upset and the guy pushed it wide right. Now looking at another upset that did happen is USC. They really got a big win after losing JT Daniels with a torn ACL. They get a ginormous win at against number 20 Stanford. They beat him 45 to 20, which is a really like crazy win as you see. Stanford is a top 20 team and USC is unranked and they were 0-1 at that point having a bad loss the week before. USC, they kind of just came out to play in this one for like most, pretty much all of this game, USC, you could see just came out to play just because of the fact of, I mean, they just dominated the ball. They dominated on both sides of the ball. Their time of possession was also good. And I feel like they really just dominated this ball. As you can see, what a 25 point win over a top 20 team when you're unranked. That's a, that's a big confidence booster. I don't really care who you are, but I feel like that could definitely be a big confidence booster for them. And still arguably probably the biggest upset of the night would be number 14, Washington. There was the final game of the night. It was the West Coast. A lot of people didn't even see that this game happened until the morning after. Unless they were like other people on the East Coast didn't see because they were all asleep. Was number 14, Washington got upset by unranked California, the Cal Bears. They beat them 20 to 19 at the end. It was a very good ending to this game. But I feel like Washington really didn't play to their top potential. They didn't, they definitely, there were a couple teams that just feel like, and I feel like it's kind of been a trend. Like Florida was that team last week that they just, they didn't play up to, to where like they were ranked. Like they didn't play even close to what they were ranked at. There are a lot of teams that in this week that had some close finishes that probably shouldn't have. There are also a lot of blowout games. I feel like they're in this week, in week two of college football, it felt more or less like there were a couple, like more or less, it was kind of like a close game or a blowout, more or less, like with the top 25 at least, because some of these teams won by like 50. Like, then there are some teams that are top seven that got taken in double overtime by a team that's not, that's not even in a Power Five conference. Yes, they're FBS, but they're not even in a Power Five conference. But with that said about the NCAA, I want to thank you for listening to the 21st edition of the Sports Run On podcast. Make sure to subscribe down below. To the podcast so you'll know whenever future podcasts are kind of come out and also make sure to look down below if you're on my website or if you're on wherever you're listening to this podcast on make sure to look down below because we did a family podcast if you missed it we do we drafted our fantasy team we draft we and we put it out there me my my mom my dad and my sister 
did a family draft that you can see and listen to and like think about the picks that we had. So, but, so if you find that interesting or you just missed any podcast, make sure to look down below because they'll all be down below for you to be able to listen to. With that said, I want to thank you for listening. <laughs>